welcome to the sixth episode of the third series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Thanks for sending me your questions this week. There have been lots of very interesting ones. And I've had some great photos of you listening to the podcast and reading the book. So thanks, everyone. And I'm glad you're enjoying it and reading the book over breakfast and at bedtime and listening to the podcast in the car. It's really interesting to find out how you're reading and listening all the time. So thanks, everybody. For those of you who don't know... This podcast is now a beautiful book, Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year. It's illustrated by 12 artists and it's full of your questions, 365 of them, one for every day of the year, plus a bonus one about a leap year. The questions in the book have been answered by me, as well as brilliant experts, including Sir Richard Branson, Philippa Perry, and the fish curators at the Natural History Museum. There's all kinds of wonderful experts in the book, so why not delve into it and find out all kinds of curious things about the world we live in and get your questions answered. Just to remind you, I'm doing a talk at the Cheltenham Literary Festival on Saturday the 16th of October, so if you live nearby, come and say hi. Plus, you better get yourself a copy of the Saturday magazine of The Guardian. In the back of the magazine, I now write a weekly kids quiz, which you can also find online if you just Google it. Molly Oldfield Kids Quiz Saturday, and you'll find it, and you can do the quiz. See if you can beat your parents. Now on with the show. I have been talking a lot about my new book, Everything Under the Sun, recently, and I've been sent a very interesting question about the creation of books in general, which I think a lot of people might like to learn about. It comes from Louise. Over to Louise. Hi, Molly. My name's Louise, and I'm aged 13 from Scotland, and I love gymnastics and karate. My question is... How long does it take a book to be published and what are all the stages in between? Thank you. Thank you so much, Louise, for asking such a wonderful question. Well, it did take a long time for everything under the sun to come together. First of all, I had the idea. Then I had to write about the idea and find an agent. And then my agent and I had to find a publisher. We went ahead with Ladybird Books as we liked the way they wanted to bring the book into the world. Then they had a huge team of people working on the book to turn it into the beautiful thing of great wonder that it is today. It's amazing that I first had the idea sitting in a sunbeam one Sunday morning, watching my son playing with his toys. And I scribbled the idea down in his art book. And now it's a real thing that lots of you have in your homes. So I thought it'd be wonderful to hear from some of the fantastic team at Ladybird about how the book came together. So here they are. Over to Ladybird. Hi Louise, what a great question. My name's Becky and I work as a children's book editor at Ladybird Books. There are lots of things that have to happen before a book appears in the bookshops for you to buy. And there are lots of people involved, from writers who write the words for the story to illustrators who draw the pictures to go along with the words. To help answer your question, I've gathered together some of the people who worked on the book Everything Under the Sun, which is based on this very podcast. It took around two whole years for the book to be made, 
and there were lots of stages involved. It all started with an idea. Molly Oldfield had a fantastic idea to turn this podcast into a book with a curious question for every day of the year. Molly wrote the answers to hundreds of questions along with the help from some experts and she sent it across to us at Ladybird Books. Then it was our job to help Molly turn those words into a finished book. Here's the team to tell you more about how we did this. Hi, my name is Samia and I'm one of the editors who worked on Everything Under the Sun. An editor's job is to look at the words in a book and to help writers to polish their words to make the book the best it can be. For Everything Under the Sun, we worked closely with Molly to choose which questions would go in each month of the book and work together with Molly to make the answers as engaging, accurate and fun to read as possible. Then we sent the book to our copy editing team. Hi, I'm Philippa and I'm a copy editor at Ladybird. A copy editor's job is to make sure that the words and facts are clear, accurate and don't have any mistakes. To be a copy editor, you need to have a good eye for detail and be great at spotting mistakes, like a missing full stop or a spelling error. Once the text is ready and we've spotted any of these rogue mistakes, the words are sent to the design team. Hi, I'm Christina and I'm a senior designer at Ladybird. I work with the editors to decide where the text will go on each page and how the whole book will look. To bring everything under the sun to life, we found and asked 12 amazing illustrators to create artwork for the book. We then put their artwork in place for the text on a computer and made sure that each page looked bright and fun to read. There's so many pages and details to look at that it's important for us to work as a team, share ideas, spot mistakes and help finish the book. Here's another designer to tell you more about getting everything under the sun ready for print. Hi, I'm Erin and I'm a junior designer at Ladybird. A designer has to make sure each of the pages in a book is appealing to the reader and makes sense with the text. We also check that the text is easy to read. We use special computer programs that mean we can move things around on the page until we get the design just right. And we let the illustrators know if we need to make any changes to their artwork. Each illustrator brought their own unique style to the book. Here is one of the illustrators to tell you more. Hello, um, I'm Sally Mullaney and I'm one of the illustrators who worked on Everything Under the Sun. Drawing the pictures to go alongside the facts was really fun. Uh, the first thing I'd do is sketch out different ways I could show the characters or objects on the page. And once I have an idea that I like, I get to play with lots of shapes, colours and marks that I make on paper. I then put all of this together until I have a finished piece of art that I can send to the design team. The fact I most enjoyed illustrating was about how many bunnies there are in the world. There are over a billion bunnies in the world, but I only drew five bunnies because drawing a billion bunnies would take a very long time. Once all of the illustrations for the book were finished and everything is looking perfect, designers will create the front cover for the book to make sure it stands out on the bookshelf and tells everybody what's inside. The book then goes through lots and lots of final checks to make sure it's ready to be sent to our production team for printing. Hello Louise, I'm Will and I'm a producer on the Ladybird production team. My role is to work closely with the printers who make the finished copies of the book. Everything Under the Sun was produced at one of the largest state-of-the-art colour printing presses in China, where the final copies of the book were printed and bound. They printed thousands of copies, taking great care in making sure the books looked beautiful, with shiny gold foil on the cover and a bright yellow ribbon marker. As Becky said, the whole process to create this book took nearly two whole years, though it only took our amazing printers around eight weeks to miraculously transform Molly's words and the gorgeous artwork created by a host of wonderful illustrators like Sally 
into finished books. Once the books are printed, it's then my job to help make sure they're shipped safely to a warehouse in the UK and where they are sent out to bookshops all over the world so you can buy them. And that's when the true magic begins because the book only really comes to life when it reaches the hands of readers like you. Thank you, team. And we hope that helps answer your question, Louise, and tells you a little bit more about how children's books are made and all the different stages that happen in between. And we hope it might even have inspired you to make your own book one day. Thanks so much, everyone at Ladybird, for explaining all of your wonderful creative work that went into making everything under the sun. I'll post videos of the book being printed in China on my Instagram, at everything under the sun pod and at Molly Oldfield writes so you can see it. It was really amazing to see the book being printed all the way in China and then being shipped over to England and sent to bookstores around the world. Did you know that Everything Under the Sun is available in England and Australia and New Zealand and it's coming out in America next year? And right now, some people are translating it into other languages, including Russian, Spanish, Catalan, Dutch and Mandarin. I hope that answers your question, Louise, and thank you for sending it in. Our next question is about ladybirds. Not the ones that make books, the ones that are red with spots and fly around the park and maybe your gardens and maybe through your window. The question about ladybirds comes from Amy. Over to Amy. Hello, my name is Amy and I'm five and a half and I like building Lego and my question is how do ladybirds get another spot when it's their birthday? Thank you. Hi Amy, thanks for your brilliant question. We all love ladybirds, don't we? Did you know that they're also known as ladybugs? It would be so great if ladybirds got another spot every time it was their birthday. That way we could count their spots and work out how old they are. But sadly, ladybirds don't actually get a new spot on their birthday. Oh no! So you really can't tell their age just by counting their spots, even though it's a fun idea. Each ladybird species usually has a different number of spots. The 24-spot ladybird has, well, up to 24 spots. And it's definitely not 24 years old. Most ladybirds only live for two to three years, so they only have a few birthdays. And some ladybirds don't have any spots at all. Some have stripes, others squiggles, and some have no pattern at all. This horribly named twice-stabbed ladybird is black, with two bright red dots. And the yellow 22-spot ladybird has, well, 22 spots. The harlequin ladybird can be red, black, or yellow, and have any number of spots from zero spots to 22. Lots of ladybirds are red with black spots to scare away predators. In nature, the combination of red with black spots is a warning that means, stay away, I might make you sick. Interestingly, ladybirds can make disgusting toxins that make themselves taste horrible to other birds and things that might eat them. And the brighter the ladybird, the stronger their toxins. Did you know ladybirds aren't bugs, even though we might call them ladybugs. They're beetles. So some entomologists, who are the people that study insects, prefer to call them lady beetles. When baby lady beetles are born, their mums lay extra eggs that aren't supposed to hatch into babies. The mums lay them as food. Fresh eggs for breakfast when the little lady birds hatch. 
So right away they find food to eat. And you should look up what a baby ladybird looks like. You'd think they'd be just really little and cute ladybirds. But actually, they're not. They're kind of longish and spiny. And if you had to take an animal that they look like, you might say they look like a tiny alligator rather than a cute little ladybird. The babies are called larvae, and after a while they find a leafy spot and turn it into a pupa. In this pupa, they turn into ladybirds, and when they're ready, they burst out of their old skin and fly away. Ladybirds have two sets of wings, the protective cover that you can see, and then watch carefully if one ever lands on your hand and then flies away. You'll see underneath that set, they have another pair of wings. They're very thin, but they're perfect for flight. It's these ones that they unfold to take off and fly. So now you know lots about ladybirds, both the publishers that make books and the Beatles. I hope that answers your question, Amy, and thank you for sending it in. Now, last week I asked you to send in what you thought the tooth fairy does with our teeth to win a copy of Everything Under the Sun, the book. Here are my favourite entries. Hello, Molly. I'm Martha. I'm five years old. I live in Australia and I've lost four teeth. And I think the tooth fairy uses her magic wand to collect all the teeth and she puts them in her bag and she flies back to her house and turns them all into flowers so they can all bloom in summer. Bye. Hello, I'm Livia. I like unicorns and fairies. I think tooth fairies get tooth, get a toothbrush and then put toothpaste on it and rub the the toothpaste on the teeth, so then it's nice and sparkly and shiny, and they keep good care. Hi, Molly. My name's Serena, and I'm seven years old. And I think the tooth fairy turns your teeth into money. Congratulations, Livia. You're the winner of a copy of Everything Under the Sun. And well done for your great answer. I hope you look after your teeth as well as the tooth fairy looks after hers. I hope lots of you will get a copy or two today. They make great presents for all your friends' birthday parties and your cousins and even your teachers. Now for our final question, which comes from Wilf in Singapore. It's about blackboards, which is something lots of us had or have in our classrooms when we are at school, learning to read and write, so that we can write and read all kinds of things, including books, like everything under the sun. Over to Wilf. Hi, Molly. My name is Wilf. I live in Singapore. I'm seven years old. I love football. And my question is, why do you go shoot when you scrape your fingernails down a blackboard? Goodbye. Thanks, Will. That's such a good question. What a horrible noise that is. I really don't like it at all. And it makes me feel a bit ill just thinking about it. And it makes me shiver if I hear it. I guess it makes you shiver too. But why should the noise do that? Well, one theory is, is that it's about how first certain sounds vibrate inside your ears. The speed at which a sound vibrates is called frequency. And this frequency is measured in something called hertz. H-E-R-T-Z. Hertz. Sounds like fingernails on a blackboard or a baby screaming. 
sound much louder inside our ears than they actually are. Because they fall in a frequency which is between 2,000 and 4,000 hertz, which is a special frequency that nature has made us respond to as if it's some kind of emergency. If you hear a sound in this frequency, then your heart rate is quite likely to go up. You might feel a bit ill. You might even shiver. Now, why would nature make us feel unwell when we hear this sound? Well, if you think about it, it's very important that if you heard a baby crying, you'd feel a bit panicked and just rush as fast as you can to make the noise stop and go and help the baby. The fingernails down a blackboard sound doesn't need you to do anything. Not like if you hear a baby crying when you've got to help as quickly as you can. It's probably just chance that fingernails down a blackboard are in the same sound range as other things our ear canals are designed to listen out for and cause us to react to. But because they are in the same range, they sound much louder than they really are inside our ears and make us feel a bit ill and might even shiver. And we just want that noise to stop as soon as possible. Even if it's not causing us any problems like the sound of a baby crying does, it's in the same range of frequencies, so we have the same physical reaction. Isn't that interesting? I hope that answers your question, Wilf, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the Everything Under the Sun book team at Ladybird for talking to us about how long it takes to create a book and all the different things that had to happen to make the beautiful book that so many of you are now reading in your homes, Everything Under the Sun. A big thank you to Louise, Wilf and Amy for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, just borrow an adult smartphone, open a voice recording thing and say, hello, my name is whatever your name is, say your age, a few things you like and then ask me your question and then email it to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk and I'll answer it as soon as I can. Do check out my Instagram at mollyoldfieldwrites and Twitter at mollyoldfield and tell your friends to listen. Have a lovely week full of books, ladybirds, and hopefully you won't hear any horrible noises that make you shiver. I hope you'll write some lovely things this week and do some great reading. And if you read everything under the sun, let me know what your favourite question is. What page do you like the drawings of most? And what fun facts have you learned? Do let me know. Maybe you can look up your birthday. Wishing you all a very lovely week. Thank you and goodbye.